Alrighty guys, welcome to this week's edition of Adventures Weekly. We're calling this episode one of season two. We had 14 episodes in season one. Feels like forever that we've been in lockdown. Unbelievable. And this week is no exception to the amazing list of guests and events that we've been able to support in what has been a very, very weird 2020. So just going to call in the side, Nick. Now, she says we're live, live, live. It's Miss T, Tiana, how are you? I'm good, Nick. How are you? I'm really good. Had a great week, actually. It's been uh, quite good. Getting excited. The Queensland border is going to open, so we should see some oh, really? regattas happening up north. So that's exciting. Yay, hopefully. Indeed. And that will bring us into our first segment, and we're going to make it really short so that we can get on to our first guest ASAP. What do you think, T? Sounds good to me. <laughs> Excellent. Here we go. Sailing news in 60 seconds-ish. I'm going to try and do this in 60 seconds today, T. You ready? Okay, I'll time you. I, I never do it in 60 seconds. It's really horrific. I've already wasted 30. Anyway, it's not that different to last week. Woo, America's Cup. They've been sailing. The New Zealand team have actually been out of the water on their AC-75, so that's exciting. American magic has made it. You saw Terry Hutchinson in the preview there. We spoke to him a few weeks ago. All things looking good for them to get onto the water by July 20. The Youth America's Cup trials have kicked off, especially in Australia. Hopefully we see other nations start to follow suit. It's three years since Bermuda. Oh, that was such a great America's Cup. That was really fun. And now is about the time that we would have seen everybody starting to head towards Tokyo for the Olympics, which weren't meant to be. That's a bit sad. But I did touch base with Big Fella this week, who is the Director of Performance for Australian Sailing. He was going to join us tonight, but he's actually driving back from a training camp up at Coffs Harbour with the Australian Sailing Team with Victor. So he's not going to join us. And that's, you know... Just fine, because the guests that we have on, I was actually wondering how I was going to juggle them both, because not only are they great mates, <laughs> it was also <laughs> just going to be difficult. I was thinking, oh, this show is not going to be 45 minutes long. It will be a lot longer if we have everybody on board. And without further ado, let's bring in our guest for this week, who knows a lot about the Olympics and the America's Cup and many other classes we have with us, Andrew Dog. Palfrey, welcome! <laughs> All the hey, way. Hey, Nick, great to be here with you. <laughs> it's awesome to have you from Cows. I believe you're in Cows. I am in Cows, yes. I'm in the, uh, in the man cave, um, mm -hmm. which is uh, attached to the side of our house here. Um, you know, sort of uh, ground zero for innovation and uh, <laughs> technical advancement. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. Absolutely. It's, uh, no, it's great to be here with you. You know, it's just looking, uh, well, just watching your, uh, I guess it was your season one recap and um, yeah. some great people there, some great friends. And yeah, get, I sort of was uh, getting goosebumps watching it. So yeah, well oh. done. And just to echo what so many of those people said to you, you know, you're doing a fantastic job for the sport of sailing and particularly at a time like this and and um, yes you know what a, what a guest list season oh. one on the first on the first one let's hope you can salvage things from here 
and save the season. <laughs> we um we had a bit of a run there where we had Tracy Edwards and John Bertrand, and I'm saying to T, how do we follow this up? But it is such a great sport, and I mean, you yourself have sailed with John and won a world championship with him in the Etchell. So, I mean, there's so many amazing people in our sport. I I think that. If you run out of people to talk to, you're obviously not trying hard enough, really. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's nice. such, such, a diverse, such a diverse sport, you know, and and full of characters. And I think it's great, you know, that that, that those characters are, are sort of being given a platform because it, it is it is a, a, a one of the most special things about our sport, you know. So uh, good good for you, and really happy to be here. Anyway. Back to you. Uh, yeah, so cows, the man shed, you did say a little bit of innovation. I think maybe what we should do right off the bat, dog, is have a little bit of a look at what you've been doing during lockdown. Should we do that? Yeah, <laughs> why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's have a little bit of a look at this. Now, please note, there is no one on the helm and don't try this at home. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, seriously, dog. <laughs> Did you get a you job? You know, away? Um, so yeah. <laughs> that, you know, when when I was, I guess, I guess we spent. Uh, let's see, I, I sort of had to get out of Miami in a hurry and like yeah. the fourteenth or thirteenth of March and get home. Mm. Um, and uh, before the lockdown, you know, it was such a huge amount of uncertainty at that stage. We yeah. had no idea what we were kind of dealing with, and. Um, but you know it wasn't going to be good, and um, and I guess uh, I you know, did various things and various sort of self improvement stuff and 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 all that like we all probably did, mm. and um, you know watched a bit of Netflix I suppose, um, and then uh, you know I, I just started thinking about well what you know what 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 can I what can I do say on the etchels let's mm. say um, to push things along um, with regard to some innovation and. And uh, I envisaged some single-handed sailing, so I've, I've yeah. fitted um, what I refer to as the autopilot um, onto the boat, which is a, a couple of bits of Dyneema and, and some shock cord. And because I, I sort of envisaged I'd be doing some single-handed sailing, and I just need something to hold the tiller roughly straight when, when I had to do something up the front of the boat. And um, and so that clip there is, I think, might have even been the well, the probably the second or third sail. And that's with my friend uh, Ante Razmilovic, who's um, who's a uh, he's in cows, and uh, 
we just thought, you know what, let's let's just have a try at, at, at sailing the boat downwind, just using our body weight, and we 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 kind of deployed the the autopilot. And um, you know, I say to Wante, that's probably some of the best driving he's ever done, actually. Um, and uh, an, <laughs> another one is that. Uh, when he, he was out with me again a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at jibs actually, and we did some really good stuff that night on jibs and good analysis. And, you know, I just like kind of, um, I just like facts, you know, there's all yeah. these opinions about what jib is what and, you know, who did what and what changes have been made. And I just kind of really like finding out for myself and, and yeah. putting some facts and data behind it and doing the scans. And, and so we had a great night doing that. Um, and then uh, when we had to do a jib change, he, he you know, suggested he, he sort of deploy the, the uh, autopilot the again. autopilot, love it. And uh, so I was up the front of the boat, and as you would know, and any, mm -hmm. any, any forward hand, any bow person would know, you know, when you're up the front of the boat, you, there is, there's kind of zero sympathy from the helmsman or <laughs> helmswoman yeah. um, as regards to what you need, you know. So there's either, you know, the wind's either sort of buffeting you or the or boat's crashing through waves and you're trying to sort of you know, get a little little job done up the front of the boat. And you're always thinking, oh, my God, you know. Um, anyway, um, so so I, I said to Ante after we'd done it, I said, that was the best a boat has ever been driven while I've, whilst I've changed to jib in my entire life. Uh, so apologies to any of the helmsmen I've ever sailed with uh, over the last 30 years. But yeah. uh, I tell you, that, that autopilot's got something going for it. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. I love it a lot. And I um, think we're going to try and bring in another shot here. Hang on, just let me... I'm fiddling around, as I do. Don't mind me. But um, you also... Hang on a minute. Background need to go to second screen i want to go to there we go here we go you've also had the drone up while sailing solo i don't think i can get sound from this but this is on your facebook yeah. page i could download it it's got a lot of uh a lot of liberty about it in 1983 at least the, yeah. not the whole color but that uh that kite that's cool isn't it it is um, cool yeah, look, look, looks like Liberty too, eh? With this whole thing sort of just, you know, <laughs> kind of not feeling probably. Um, but oh, so um, cool. yeah, no, that, it, I guess. Uh, You've just been busy. I thought, um, I thought one of those lockdown things could be getting hold of a drone, so I did that, and uh, it, it's going to be cool. Yeah, it's just another value add for the coaching, and it's been fun learning that. So uh, yeah. Yeah, a whole new dimension, and you know, you, look, you could sort of look at sail shapes as well as obviously, you know, starts and boat handling. So, looking forward to that. Um, adds a slight element of stress to the day, you might say. Um, but uh, you know, every landing you walk away from is a good one, like they say. So, uh, but no, it's it's been fun, been a lot of fun, and and it keeps you busy. I mean, it just gives you a whole appreciation for just how much work and preparation and and um uh thought and just goes into to sort of going sailing for like an hour or two you know um uh, but it but it's been it's been great fun i i gotta say i i look before we go any further you know should probably say that um uh, you know this whole lockdown i mean i i really feel for people who have been doing it tough Mm. who have who have lost people or, or and were unable to be with them and it's just horrendous you know and that's I, I really don't want to be seen to be making light of any of that um, 
Uh, however, you know, we've been incredibly lucky. Everyone's been healthy in our family. And, and uh, uh, I'll look back on this time, though, with, with a lot of fondness, I think, even though, you know, work and income's gone from being mm. full for the year to, to, to zero, basically, um, just the reconnection with, with, with family uh, and being around, you know, for someone that always travels and um, continuously, continuously away and then probably not as focused as what I should be when I am at home, um, it's been a really cool period for that um, and, and something that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So, yeah, you make the best of it, don't you, Nick? Absolutely. I, um, I like to say try and make the best out of a bad situation. And I feel like that's what this year has been like. And I'm exactly the same. I've so enjoyed being at home. The amount of people who have messaged me and said, you must be going mental. And, you know, you go through periods where you are really upset about various events that you're missing. But as you said, it's nothing. No, all good. Still got you, I think. Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Are we all good? Might have dropped tea. Yeah. No, I'm still here. I'm still okay, here. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll yeah, just no, check I'll... the live stream. Yeah, perfect. <clears throat> Excellent. No, I was just saying, dog, that I think we've just made the best that we can out of a bad situation. We haven't made light of anything, but the innovation that we've seen come out of people's boredom has been entertaining. <laughs> so we just do what yeah, we it can. Has. Indeed. Yep. All righty. On that note, we might move on to the trivia comp that we had this week, which I'm sure... Uh, you won't like that much, dog, because it was focused all on you. Oh, dear. Well, you know, as I said to you, Nick, if, if uh, generally what I do is quite trivial, so it's, you know, there's probably plenty of material. <laughs> no, no, nobody's trivial. We're not even going to go there. But it, uh, but it was fun, actually. I mean, I can't remember what the first question was. Oh, here it is. Let's bring it up on the screen. Look, there's your beautiful face. Look at you. Oh, my Lord. Good head for radio. No, as I said off air before we started, everybody, I said great head for sailing. He's very aerodynamic. <laughs> Excellent. So the first question was, what is the name of the class Andrew Powerfree both competed in at world level this year and won the world championship in, in 2011? It's the 5.5 metre. And that's the last time I saw you here in Sydney. Was fun. That's it. That was a lot of fun. A lot of yeah. fun. Yep. Yeah. Sailing there with uh, with Peter Morton and mm -hmm. uh, Andrew Mills from Great Britain. God save the Queen. Oh, um, and uh, keep going. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Fantastic. Morty. Morty is. Um, he, he, I don't know how many people in like in Australia would would know him but yeah he's been around the sailing scene forever he's an absolute legend really really nice guy um a, a, you know an innovator a, a leader of people a really good sailor like a yeah. really good helmsman and he's been there and done that with ior and you know and i mean he's all sorts of classes through the years so that's that's a highlight and um yep 2011 with flavio marazzi and christoph yeah. wilkie uh, Christoph is, is, is one of the world's best craftsmen with, mm -hmm. with, with composites and um, building the fins and fin masts over the years as well as 5.5s. That was an absolute honour uh, to sail with those two. Um, they basically spoke German the whole time. I spoke 
kind of my version of English. Um, you know, what what could possibly go wrong? It was, it, yeah, well, great. Just, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting the tingles to think about it. It was, it was such a good time. Well, that's so good. It, um, it definitely seems like a beautiful class as well. I have to say I've not really experienced much with the 5.5s and then I came and hung out with you guys uh, for a few days up there and then I actually ended up sailing the Australian Nationals in the boat. So sailed one of the boats and they're just beautiful to sail too. I really enjoyed they, it. They are. They are. An, it's an incredible class actually. You know, mm. been go, it's been going, gee, oh, I mean, it's, it's, it'll have to be, 70 or 80 years, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's full of enthusiasts. It, it, it's an interesting one because the boats are boats are sort of very far from being the same. Um, mm. Apart from uh, they have the three different divisions to cover the, the time span, uh, they're also even within the same time span, so what they call the moderns, uh, yeah. which, is, which is sort of post-1990-ish, I think, Mm-hmm. Uh, that you you know, like we, I guess we finished two points behind one of the newer boats in the fleet. Uh, our boat being about sixteen years old, mm-hmm. and um, his boat was reputedly about a foot longer than ours. Um, but you you, know, you all go into that with your eyes open, and it's it's a it's a real point of interest. And you have your times, and they have their times, and and you have a beer afterwards. Um, you know, and and uh, yeah, it's it's. It's a it's a smaller it's a group of people that, that basically travel the world, going to nice places, sailing these amazing boats where you've got every control at your fingertips and and the materials are at a high level. So um, you know the mast is incredibly stiff. Uh, you've got total control over your sail plan. Um, you've got a trim tab which is on the trailing edge of the keel is a flap where you can can alter the lift of, of the of the keel, um, the the lifting force. So it's a you, you know you could sort of go into a little a, a bit of a high mode um, if you like, but understanding that that's just going to have more drag. Um, yeah. So you use it you use it as sparingly or, or tactically even. Um, so yeah, very very cool class. I, I really really enjoy it. Gosh, and you must be able to bring so much back to the other sailing that you're doing on the Etchell from something like the 5.5. I mean, the Etchell's strictly one design, but still you're learning about those technologies and how the stiffness of the mask could, you know, affect your sail shape and vice versa. I, I think that's right, Nick. Look, I, I reckon that you're you, you basically, to move around different classes gives you a more sort of global, let's say, understanding of of how things work uh, and what you're trying to achieve. And and essentially what we're trying to achieve to make a boat go fast forward or or a little higher or or accelerate, they're all, they're, it's, we're looking for the same things across all these different classes, but given the inherent nature of, of what we're working with, with the, the rig controls, um, uh, even on the 5.5 with a trim tab under the water, you know, uh, building that understanding of, okay, here are my compromises. Here's what I want to achieve. Uh, how are we going to go about it? Or even on a more micro scale, okay, we're going up the second upwind here. There's mm-hmm. five knots more wind. The, the rig is nowhere near set up 
the way we need it to be. But what does that really mean? You know, what, what are yeah. we actually trying to achieve with that compromise and what can we employ to help us fudge through this, this situation? And I think, that, you know, for me as, a, um, as someone that's been in the sport for a long time, I, I, I do enjoy working on, on, on helping people gain that knowledge, you know. So just getting beyond all the noise um, and all the bulldust you hear in the bar and stuff, just to, but to be able to bring it back to, well, look, this is what we're trying to achieve. These are the ways you might go, uh, what you might do to achieve that. Um, and, and a lot of it comes down to then people say, well, I haven't got one of those on my boat. How do I, you know, and, mm. and then it starts the conversation of, yep, well, you can do it this way or that way. Yeah, but um, no, it's it's cool. It's it's uh, it, 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 moving around classes is. It, you know, I'm privileged to be able to do that, and 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 it, it definitely definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that's why you've become quite a, a sought after coach as well. Which was our next question, which was, I believe, uh, Andrew Palfrey coaches which RC44 team. And there was quite a bit of uh, banter going backwards and forwards between you and that RC44 team, I believe, during the week with uh, Aqua. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is these guys down here that have been featured quite a bit. We've given them a bit of love this show just because they gave us a lot of love during the week. But they're a, a good little team, aren't they? They're they're a fantastic bunch of guys. Uh, you know, you talked before about your, or it might have been in one of the interviews you popped up at the start about yeah. your family around the world. Yeah. Uh, and um, that team is epitomizes family, really. Yeah. Um, Chris Bake, uh, who, who is who is the the boss, you know, the owner and the helmsman of uh, mm -hmm. Team Aqua. Um, he. Again, you know, he's a, he's a, an amazing leader, but he he leads through um, a kindness and trust and and loyalty and all these great characteristics, um, and and it's it's a it is a family, you know. These guys who have been with him, he's been in that class for oh, I, I, for as long as it's been in existence. It's got to be thirteen years. It's probably maybe year fourteen this this year. Oh, and um, it's it's it is some of those guys have been there with him since the day dot, um, and some have gone and come back. Uh, but it, but and they've you know they've they've seen his kids grow up and vice versa. And it's yeah. this wider Aqua family, um, and yeah, that's a great class, great great boats, uh, tweaky boats, and and the coaching element with with that team is is always fun and i really enjoy it you know the guys are always engaged and and always looking to improve yeah I, uh, I, i've come out with you guys and i watched the championship off portsmouth and the amount of determination that they all showed but then your attention to detail from the coach boat was just next level i was pretty awesome to watch <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That was a good regatta down there at Port. Um, and yeah, a lot of fond memories of that one. Um, you and I running out of fuel twice on the way back to Cows is one that's that sticks right. with me. Um, yeah, I don't know what you were doing, not checking the fuel level before we left, Nick. But anyway. We know boats. You know. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, um, but anyway, the adventures, the adventures, Nick. 
know. It's all about, it's all about the adventures. There's a few memories. Oh my gosh, a few memories on the solid. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. And speaking of adventures, of where it all started, um, I actually I might have somebody come and pop his head in in just a minute. Actually, come and say hello because the uh, the first, well, I think it was the second or third question on the on the trivia as well was about your nickname and it was how did Andrew Palfrey get his nickname was it that he can only see in black and white is it because he has an incredible sense of smell is it because he often coaches with a follow the leader technique (laughs) or because he (laughs) because he crawled around after the family dog as a kid and um, I have a kid of yours. Here, come sit here. <laughs> of yours here as well. <laughs> oh, he can't even fit in hey, the frame. Dopes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a mini Palfrey with me right now. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Good day, Topes. He's been out Good the back you, at the barbecue. <laughs> Hello. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Is it resting or is it is it still on the? Oh, it's not on, even on, Still on the barbie. <laughs> Not even. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll get that barbie. You know how these tow up to about 350 or something? No, yeah. it's, it's fire. It's not. It's a, an actual fire, barbie. actual fire. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you We're go. Doing oh, it the perfect. Aussie way down perfect. here. There you go. You well, well, in that case, if you... <laughs> if you can't see the family resembl- <laughs> resemblance, this is dog's son, Toby, who pies at him out of Melbourne. <laughs> Great to be yeah, here. I, I think luckily for Tobes, he got his looks from his mother more uh, more than from me. Oh, Dad, I haven't got that haircut yet, so you didn't <laughs> you didn't get your golf swing from your mum though. It's been beaten twice by my dad now. <laughs> we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, family, the the nickname Dog did it come from following around a dog as a kid? Apparently, apparently, yeah. yeah. I'd never really thought about it much. It's a funny thing. Nicknames are a funny thing. I guess I guess it's a big deal in Australia to to, that most people have a nickname. Most of the time, it's either O or E Mm -hmm. on the end of their real name, Um, but um, or it's shortened like you, Nick. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I just grown up with it. It's all I've ever known. It's what my mum called me, what my dad called me. And, and, um, people would often ask what, why are you called dog? And I never really had that satisfactory an answer. Um, it's just, but uh, then I, I, I guess I heard my mum's tell a couple of people yeah. over the last 10 or so years. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that, uh, it's, you know, it, uh, unfortunately it's not that exciting. I suppose I probably should work on that. Come up with a with a better one. But, it's more uh, exciting than Nick. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why I got. Sailor I've had people that uh, nick, uh, nicknames are funny. You know, I have people that have known me for two seconds that call me dog, and there's other people that have known me and uh, and I speak to all the time. Uh, just prefer to call me Andrew, and I'm okay with with whatever it is. I didn't even know what is. your actual name was to start with. I just knew you as dog. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, T's going to go back out to the Barbie and we'll move on to the next question. What do you reckon? No worries. Good to see you, Topes. I'll call you later. Great that you have, you're having a nice time up there. We'll FaceTime you Okay. We'll do, mate. Awesome. All righty. I, I told him and he th- could th- have Thanks for looking after him up there, Nick. Oh, no, you're welcome. 
He's looking oh, after my dad. Fantastic. It's great. <laughs> I don't have to look after dad anymore. Oh, dad's been so looking after. That's for sure. Yeah. No, it's good. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's really good. All, right. all right. Where were we? <laughs> now, back. Back. All right. I mentioned uh, Big Fella in the credits. There's that question. Which was obviously oh, the devices on again. I know. It's quite hard to see, don't worry, that's why I'm reading it out to you as well. What class did Big Fella shout out to Big Fella and Victor, who were driving back from Coffs? And Dog Hey Big Fella. Yay, Big Fella. And Victor. Hello. <laughs> what class did they sail together at the Olympic Games? Now Tiana, I wanna know if anybody said laser. Because the thought of Big Fella and Dog on a laser together is quite entertaining. <laughs> So we put that on there as a joke and people actually answered laser. It was extremely disappointing. Very disappointing. I'll t- three people answered laser. Three too many. Uh, out of how many? 2,000? That's all right. Yeah, yeah, but still. Yeah. Oh, well. Hero. I love it. I do love it. So there you go. But you um, did sell the you're... star boat. I, yeah, so I, uh, I I had eleven years of Olympic campaigning. It was really uh, incredibly lucky. Uh, I got into it quite late. Uh, it started when I was thirty years old, actually. So um, I'd been involved in sailing since, yeah, you know, sort of nine years old. Yeah. Um, in in sailboat racing, and and uh, grew up basically by the water uh, with with three generations in Melbourne um, before me who, who were, were, were boat builders or, or fishermen um, or charter boat operators, uh, you know, which was my father was for 45 years yeah. from St Kilda Pier. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, St Kilda, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's, that's my, uh, it's my, you know, it's that, I feel that place is home. I've been all over the place, but, but I love that place. And, um, and, uh, so anyway, um, uh, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to be invited to go and sail the Soling Worlds when I was around thirty, and um, and uh, did that with Cameron Miles and Andrew Hun uh, in, in Copenhagen, and and it, it was a real eye opener, a real uh, uh, kind of sliding doors moment in my life uh, where I'd been involved in this industry of sailing for for the last ten or so years prior to that. Um, uh, and and this was sort of getting back to the roots of of just trying to be the very best you could uh, as a as a sailor, rather than you know working on a boat or or, or, or trying to sell a boat or, or whatever. It was just back to competing in in quite a well, very high level competition against all the big names at the time in in that class. And um, trying to do the best we could, and and it was a fantastic trip. We did we did uh, we were away for about a month, got to know Cameron and and uh, the Hun, uh, which was great, and um, we did well. I, I think we came seventh, and and that was the start of a journey. Really, Cameron uh, was was very focused on. He campaigned for the Atlanta Olympics and, and narrowly missed out, and and you know it was the Sydney Olympics, home Olympics. So. Um, uh, off we went, and and um, you know we we were um, beaten in, in toward that spot by um, by your co-host's father, yeah, actually. Yeah, um, bring him back on big the Nev. Screen. Hi, Nev. <laughs> um, uh, 
who had uh, a, you know a great team behind him with with Dave Edwards and Josh Grace, um, and and we uh, we we um, did a crew switch to James Mayo. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the last or oh, probably year at least with maybe 18 months with James um, and we recorded some great results uh, we made huge strides in our match racing um, but ultimately you know Nev 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 was very very good at the match racing and and uh, in in the end you know uh, we, we 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 couldn't over, overcome him and his team they were very polished yeah. um, and then I thought I was I, I thought I was basic when the Soling got sort of uh, chucked out of the Olympics. I thought I was done. Yeah. And um, uh, but I was yeah like I, I, I wasn't finished. I wasn't sort of happy with that. Um, and uh, I, I, I guess uh, I'd heard Ian mm-hmm. was interested in uh, doing a campaign in the Star. And um, up until that point, I didn't consider myself Star Crew material uh, because at, at that time, you know, Star Crews were around the hundred and thirty kilo mark um yeah, wow. and, and giles you know dave giles legend sailor uh four olympics i think uh, with with colin Beachel, who had done six olympics um giles he was around that size and and a lot of the best star crews in the world were around that size and and uh you know on a um you know petite sort of 100 kilos um and and <laughs> yeah i i guess uh that just wasn't going to work but i guess Two things happened, you know. Um, this the star class changed their rules um, mm-hmm. and brought the weight limit down a lot uh, over over sort of two Olympic cycles, and so it was back in the in the realm of of, of sort of um, well, you just didn't need that amount of weight anymore. Um, and in general, weight on a keelboat's always fast. You know, the the penalty you pay downwind is nothing like the gain you make upwind mm-hmm. uh and uh anyway and then and then ian's ian's size and my size together would work uh so we we did a regatta we did a star north americans in 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 connecticut uh mm-hmm. in 2001 as the first step and uh yeah it was it was good you know it was more really about just getting to know each other and and seeing if it was going to work and um uh commitment level that sort of thing was all good and and off we went and and um you know seven years with ian uh was unbelievable you know what what a fan i mean ian was a boyhood idol of mine um uh through his exploits with the skiffs and then and then um in the america's cup obviously you know we talk a lot about newport but there was also perth uh where where which was the australian defense and uh for memory, pretty much every TV channel we had, which was four channels at that stage, was was live doing the cup, you know, in Perth. I mean, we we it's a, it's amazing that that a lot is made about technology and the advancement and the coverage in the America's Cup these days. And but 1987, you know, there was cameras on board. You could hear the guys. Um, you know, waves, white water crashing over the tremors through the slot. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 aerial footage. And, I mean, it was <laughs> it was amazing. This is on, on telly, yeah. live. Uh, uh, you know, and I guess I was around, uh, I don't know, like 18 or 19 or something then. So, um, yeah, to have the opportunity to spend time with Ian and campaign and, you know, it's a really, really privileged 
situation for me. And, um, yeah, loved it. Um, uh, the experience of, again, you know, just, just trying to be the very best you could and living that athlete lifestyle for that amount of time, um, working with great people, uh, competing with and against amazing people who remain very close friends. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got to pinch yourself, really. Um, uh, and ultimately, yeah, we missed out in on the spot in 2004. Um, yeah, you know, Colin and David uh, were, were, were an incredible team. Uh, but we soldiered on, keep going, and, and then um, uh, we, we sort of prevailed and got through to the spot for China in 2008. Ian competed at his first Olympics, I guess. I guess he's, he'll probably do another Olympics next year as a as a performance director guy. Um, but but that his, that was his first and only Olympics as an athlete, and the same for me. He was 50 that year. Uh, I was 41. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty pretty cool. And uh, you know, in the fleet that that in China as well was John Dane from America and he was uh, an incredible sailor. He was 58. So uh, just do, does go to show you the diversity in the sport and, um, and uh, you know, how you never stop learning and all those things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a leveller, uh, you know, any ability, any age, any sex, and off we go. And you can get out there and enjoy it. Mm. And if you take it to that level, you can be 50 plus, which is awesome. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not like most sports where your your body's broken by the time you're 30 or 35. You can do it your whole life and excel at it. That's the best uh, part. I laughed when the Masters, the World Masters Games was in Australia and to be a master in gymnastics, you had to be over 21. Really? <laughs> yeah. A master in gymnastics is over 21. Your body's gone. Uh, <laughs> You're now how old is it for sailing? For sailing, they had a, a combined age, but you both had to be over the age of 45, I think. So it was a bit more yeah. realistic. But as, yeah. as Dog just said, I mean, 41 and 50 and the yeah. best in the country in the star class. So. Amazing. Do you wish you uh, had gone to another dog or was one enough? Um, good question. Never really thought of that, Nick. Good question. Um, you know what? I, I, I think, uh, as far as that road went, um, I guess, uh, there were other things going on in life. Um, i.e. three kids, um, you know, and, and other responsibilities. Uh, so I didn't see it as a, as I didn't see it as a door closing, um, I just saw other areas that that really needed my attention, um, and uh, yeah, no regrets. Um, would I have preferred to keep going on that path? Uh, yeah, mm. not really. No, you know, I was, I was, I was really happy with with, uh, you know, a lot of positive emotions when I think about that campaign. Um, we didn't do, we didn't do well in the Olympics. It was probably our worst regatta for the, yeah. you know, that 
sort of 12 month period. But it's not really what I'm left with inside, which is fundamentally, (laughs) that's what it's all about. You know, um, uh, what shapes you as a person and what you're left with, were your memories and and the visual memories and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I I did remain involved in the the games. Um, I was coaching in the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the New Zealand team for a couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't see that through to the uh, Olympics in, in Weymouth because of mm-hmm. some other responsibilities and work. But, um, uh, yeah, no, just really happy to have experienced it and but happy also to move on. It's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty all-consuming. It is all-consuming if, if, if you're going to... If, if if you're aspiring to win an Olympic medal, it, it you got to you just got to give everything to it, and that's it. Yeah. That's at the expense of other things. Mm. Um, let's face it. And and in my life at that age, to to have continued that down that road for that long, it was I saw it as a privilege, but it was time to kind of wind it in and 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 give time, you know, mainly back to family and uh, and those. Uh, all those enjoyable things and and those responsibilities as well. Yeah. I, I, and many others that are watching, uh, who have tried to go down that track, but never made it understand the time required to not make it. So the time required to make it and get there and then all that's involved and the pressure and the sacrifice that your family also make, I think is, is quite large, but as you said, plenty of other things. I think, I think Nick as well. You know that mm. that Aussies and Kiwis will get this, um, mm. but it's the time away. You know, and, and mm. I, I don't think I don't think uh, people in um, Europe and the US don't really comprehend what it's like uh, to campaign. Uh, you know, in the in a in an Olympic class from Australia, and particularly in the star, where where there just wasn't a fleet. Yeah. back at home um you know so the, the, really the 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 sort of the best training you get is is obviously um in and amongst the the best people in the world and and so that that, that it was a massive commitment in that way massive time commitment obviously when you're at home you're training and so on and so forth but but that that that's that that was one of the biggest factors and also probably one of the biggest factors in me not really pursuing um olympic type uh engagement as a coach yeah. uh just because knowing how committed you need to be you could have to be at least as committed as your athlete pop probably more so mm. uh and um you know just just was not in a position to be able to to do that yeah it's all a choice and it's not like you haven't mm. gone on to do fantastic things that have given back to the sport in other ways it's and that's why it's so cool with our sport. It's so large. We've actually had a few people commenting. Uh, Mark Robertson, Mark Robinson says hello. He used to sail cadets against you. Uh, oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Good day, Mark. <laughs> and also, um, John Zagami, he said there's a guy called Magoo who's still sailing J24s, and he's 99 years old and still kicking butt apparently. So. Uh, yeah. that means we've both got a few years left, Doc. There's, there's, yeah, there's hope for us yet, Nick. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All righty. 
So back to the trivia, obviously the star boat with big fella. And then the next question was, what year did dogs sail the Olympic Games? 2008. I think that's come out. We've spoken about that. Tried in 2000, 2004 and 2008. Three Olympic campaigns. That is a lot of time, isn't it? And then the next question was, which AC team was Jog head coach for for three years? Artemis, Ineos, Stars and Stripes. <laughs> nice one, T. Luna Rossa, obviously. Artemis. <laughs> <laughs> I do like yeah, Stars and um, Stripes. You, they sure you know, bit. Stars and Stripes, you know, we should talk about yeah. Stars and Stripes a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. So, so... Uh, I'm not a particularly good reader, um, uh, but uh, I pulled off the shelf uh, a book written by Dennis Connor uh, about a month ago. And um, what's incredible to me is that uh, you just flick open this book and there's just gold nuggets absolutely everywhere it's um it's fantastic you know in the etchels where we're sort of currently going through a a a bit of a revolution let's say of Mm. of sheeting angle changing the sheeting angle to being narrower you know a bit more like a like a tp52 and um uh you know he's got a whole chapter on that in that book and it's so cool to to um just to read like something written 30 years ago that is 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 so current um for for what say i'm involved in uh yeah. at the moment and um and then uh that has led me on to tom Whidden's book uh the art of sales i think it's called mm-hmm. um and again he he was uh dennis's tactician but i mean man if you want to learn the basics of what makes a sailboat yeah. you know go through the water and through the air um you just those those two books are, are, are pretty incredible and uh, um you know and so stra- stars and stripes and just hearing uh terry you know yeah who who obviously he he um he hired me to uh to work at artemis originally um and yes i did three years with that team and um i i, I actually did the america's cup as a, a a nipper, as a as a, a young fella in my early twenties, back in nineteen ninety two, I sailed with Sid Fisher's team, yeah. um, with you know with with all sorts of wonderful people, and I mean I, I know I'm smiling. It's just some of the memories of that, um, uh, and uh, you know, so I I, I didn't continue to pursue that um the cup thing but um uh after the after my sort of olympic journey <clears throat> had ended through that olympic journey i was invited by uh by hamish pepper actually to come and work with oracle yeah um in in those america's cup acts in the in the international america's cup class that were going on in the during the hiatus of the cup when there was the court case between Alinghi and Oracle about the deed of gift match. <clears throat> so I had a I had a look back into the cup world uh, through being a coach to to Oracle at those those um, uh, Louis Vuitton World Series events. 
Uh, and it, it was, yeah, but super challenging for me to all of a sudden be working with, with sort of, you know, 17 really experienced pro sailors uh, and, uh, uh, you know, running the debriefs and so on and so forth, but really invigorating and, and, and loved it. Um, and I, I, I guess, you know, I must have done an okay job because then Terry got in touch and, and started me on the, on the journey with, with Artemis, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that guy, I, I would just say, just with regards to Terry, um, he he was um, he he was a pretty incredible guy to witness in that in in that team environment. Um, as far as uh, you know, all all these wonderful characteristics, these wonderful traits like honesty and and building a team, and um, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, mm. He he's a quite an intense competitor, uh, but at the same time. And then having worked with him again last year with the Bellamente Maxi 72 mm. in in uh, the Maxi Worlds and a couple of other things we did, just watching him relate with his teammates and and be totally honest <clears throat> and about mistakes he might have made, but we, we, yep, we're going to look at those. We, but we're going to get better as a team. Um, uh, he just he's uh, really the master at bringing people along with him, you know. Yeah, and and a great guy as you said for being honest and sharing his stories as well I'm not sure if you saw the uh, the whole episode with him but he basically explained that he was 14 years old when he saw John Bertrand beat Dennis Connor and that was what rolled him along the pathway to to go after America's Cup and to go after sailing so he uh, he is so passionate about it it's nice to hear that that translates all the time. Um, but he, every encounter I've had him had with him, he's just honest and generous and relies on his team as well. So it'll be really interesting to see how that all pans out in the next, I guess, eight months or so. Is it? Yeah, eight months. Gosh, it's getting close. I'm excited. This should be good. Um, yeah. Well, um. Are we are we going to talk about JB at some point? Yeah. Have you got some segue into that, or should we just do that now? Let's just do it now. Let's talk about JB. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. So I was lucky enough to sail with John in the Etchells, um, but probably just hey, exactly the same as Terry. You know, yeah. I was a, a, in nineteen eighty three. I was a, a um, you know a school kid, Caulfield Tech. Um, you know, there we go. Um, Wonderful, wonderful educational establishment it was, <laughs> um, and uh, so Australia too won the cup, which which I was really engaged with at the time. But uh, we, you know how how that entered the, the 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 kind of the public space, if you like, was amazing at the time and 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 super um, super uh, well. I guess it, yeah. I mean, it, it, it John John turned into an icon. Uh, still is, as we know. Um, and uh, I'd sort of gotten to know John a little through Etchell sailing because he, he started sailing in the Etchells around 1990. Um, but uh, I had an opportunity pretty much straight after the Olympics in China. Uh, John got on the on the phone and, and uh, he said actually that uh, 
one of his teammates for the up, upcoming Melbourne Worlds, which was about nine months later, um, had had to pull out, and that was oh, Mark no. Richards, Rico. Oh. Um, and and would I be interested in joining with him in doing the Melbourne Worlds in two thousand nine? And and he and then he said, uh, well, the other crew member is uh, Ben Ainsley. Um, and uh, I mean, what do you say? You know, so <laughs> I, I I went down to Melbourne. I, I remember going down to Melbourne for the first first weekend. I lived in the northern beaches of Sydney at that stage and, and went down to Melbourne and, and straight away just felt a, a really strong connection with John. Uh, he's not someone that I hadn't really known before at all. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, a really, really good connection and um, both on and off the boat and, and I was welcomed into their family, uh, which which was incredible. And um, yeah, you know, John John really, uh, what the, the thing I really enjoyed about sailing with John is is his um, he thinks deeply about mm. about the teamwork. Um, obviously, he's pretty focused on the technical nature of sailing. He's an engineer, um, and 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 I guess he did a thesis, I think, on aerodynamics of a twelve meter jib, something like that. His his nickname was Aero back in the day, so. Uh, he was heavily into into the the, the technical side, but um, you know he 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 put a lot of emphasis and deep thought into getting the best from people around him, uh, even on our three three person etchels. Um and and that yeah, just just the deep conversations about that, you know, it was really illuminating, and and I, I definitely bought into that and learned learnt so much from John in that regard, his really strong mentor. Um, and he's, you know, I guess we call that the triad family because uh, the name of his etchels. Yeah. And um, through the time I was involved, uh, I did, I sailed about four years with John um, and, and yeah, I hope to sail with him again soon. Yeah. Um, uh, but we had, um, we started off with Ben uh, which was just fantastic. I mean, so, sitting on the rail next to Ben and listening and feeling his weight movements and um, and 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 just just sort of you know hearing the gears in his head, you know, click around with with tactics and strategy and um, uh, and then off the boat, um, you know, that was amazing. And then he, and then we 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 got a. Um, this red-headed kid from the central coast of New South Wales, Tom Slingsby, um, and <clears throat> but you know Tom, Tom was an Olympian at that point. We we were in the same Olympic team together in China, yeah. Um, and and he joined us in two thousand and nine uh, after that Worlds with Ben, and uh, we did a, a yeah, probably a year, year and a half with Tom. We won the next Worlds again. Fantastic! What a you know, uh, I mean, literally first day he got on the boat. You could have closed your eyes, and it could have been Ben. Uh, it was so similar the 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 language. That again, you know, you're pressing up against these guys. You know, the, on the rail, so you, you can sort of, you know, not really social distancing um, <laughs> as we have to do these days. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can feel. You know, you, you you're obviously you're tuned into the wind, and you can see the waves coming, and you know, you, you sort of get a sense for for how they respond with their movements and stuff, and you always and and listening. Um, uh, 
it was it was just like it was Ben. It was quite incredible, and they hadn't spent any time together really at that stage. Um, so that was wonderful, and then and then uh, we teamed up with Grant Simmer for the next year, uh, and. Again, you know, Grant was John's navigator in 1983. Grant was really young when he did that. Um, and uh, super smart guy. I mean, everyone knows what Grant's done since with 11 America's Cups and mm -hmm. so on. But he's passionate about sailing. He's really passionate about smaller boat sailing and the purity of racing one designs. And um, so that was cool. So... <coughs> Excuse me, too much no talking. Um, <laughs> you know, so to, so that yeah, what what an amazing journey there with John um, through through all that. So, you know, and, and he's you know he's had Ben Lamb through through um, through the triad, and Old Drennan's been there now for a while. Um, uh, Jake Lilly is with John now, um, and it is you know it is a it is really a family, and John's always in touch. Uh, with with to talk about whatever it is, you know, be it gadgetry or be it just how you doing, you know, how how you guys coping and how's the family, and yeah. you know, he's often after barbecuing. Um, it, <laughs> my wife just in the kitchen, just making sure I'm good for a glass of water or oh, a cup of coffee. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> thank night, you. Kate. Nice to be able to talk to the wife yeah. through the <laughs> Adventures of a Sailing Girl webcast. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, I totally lost my train of thought there. No, but, that's all right. um, Yeah, think, anyway, um, I think it's probably like, enough said. Yeah, no, I think you could say that it's like the John Bertrand Academy almost because I've heard him talk about the people that he's brought in and how proud he is of following them and learning from them as well. I think that's the coolest thing about John. It sounds like he gives a lot, but he also really appreciates learning what you're learning when you've sort of moved on and done other things as well. He sounds so cool. Yeah, so. Look, I, you know, I've, I've, I guess I heard him in your, in your um, interview and, mm. and, and, and at other times, and I've said it a few times recently as well, is that, is that um, what, what everyone can learn from John mm. is that he never stops asking questions. Mm. And, it, and, and that's, you know, it takes a particular confidence and strength i think to to go up to anyone in in the boat park and uh and and ask you know um gee you guys were going really well today you know how mm. how 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 were you set up or or why did you start down there or did, what why did you go that way or why did you use that sail today we, you know i thought it was going to be windier what you you know and that t i think it does take a certain confidence um to do that uh, and but I guess it, it, so. That, that's a really important lesson I learned from John, and um, uh, it, it's it's sort of uh, I've always found that when you do that, the person that you're asking is happy to talk about it. You know, they're happy to. It's, it's just nice, isn't it? You know, yeah. just there chat about the sport we love. So um, yeah, that, that's something everyone could take away. I think just keep asking questions. An inquisitive mind. We never stop learning. Um, you know, I, th I think experience um, experience is really uh, a key ingredient in mm. sailing, and not not to say you have to be old and bald and have grey hair, um, but any experience you know that you have it really shapes who you are and 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 uh, the knowledge 
you have and what you fall back on. And, and, and in general, someone's tried something before. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they've got knowledge and, and it's, it's fun to talk about these things. Oh, absolutely. And then the network as well. I mean, all of the diehards, I class them as, that you've just been speaking about, how much it overlaps from Terry to John Bertrand to Tom Slingsby to then Tom Slingsby sad with Ben Ainsley on Oracle to you can see the web and how small the sailing world is and the, and the family, your competitors one day, your crewmates the next, you might be coaching them the next. I mean, the relationships are incredibly important. So I guess that comes with experience too. Mm. Who knows? Very interesting. Anyway, the next few questions, I'm going to, I don't think we need to go through them actually. We're going to go back and we'll let you go and have your coffee soon because we've been on the line for about 100 years. But... Oh, I think it's, it's a, <laughs> I think it's a delivery. I think I'm okay. <laughs> okay, cool. But, um, but a few of the other questions that we had that, um, you know, what TP52 have, did you coach in 2019, which was Phoenix? So you've been involved with that program as well. Um, we did a bit of a, a look back, even all the way back to Optimum, the Mum 30 that you helped with Guy Stenning mm. in Newport. You know, there's yeah. been so many things. So, yeah, that were, that were the last mm. two questions in the quiz there. But there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, Jake, yeah, I mean, I, the Optimum one in particular, you know, mm. that's, that was a long time ago. Here she is. Yay. There you go. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Nick. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Welcome. Everyone, Mrs. Falfrey slash Kate. You call her Mrs. Falfrey, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. yeah. That's nice, Kate. That's Thank good. you. Good work. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. 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 Look, again, you know, the, the one that was a, that was a late call up, um, a late call up for, uh, to help. The guys in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, so that was straight after the Olympics, I yeah. think, 2008. And, yep. uh, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys on that crew that, like, even now, you know, sort of dealing with Steve Quigley every day on a, a new 5.5-metre design. Nice. Um, and, uh, obviously, Twirler, Twirler, you know, who's who's had a big part in my uh, career, yeah, he's engaged me to be involved in some great teams over the years with Richard Perini's Far Forty team and Martin Hill's Far Forty team. You know, uh, I have a lot to thank Twirler for. He, we first met when Sid, Sid Fisher's nineteen ninety two campaign. Um, yeah, so no, it's true, Nick. You know, um, you know, Guy Stenning, God bless him. That uh, yeah. is very sad, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, hey. It's a journey and and, uh, and a great journey. Yeah, and T's nodding there. T T and I used to go sailing on Optimum in Twilights when she was about six. Mm. Would you've been six? Yeah, I was very good close with um, guys. Eldest Izzy. Izzy. So yeah, yeah I've hung out in Optimum a yep. lot. <laughs> I was yeah. there. I was their babysitter for a very long time. Those two girls, <laughs> sending my love to them. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I meant poor girls that they had to put up with me. By the way, <laughs> just quite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, all so many memories. So I mean, and Phoenix as well. The TP52, um, Allegra. I've you know you did a bit of work with them too, and then Bellamente. Um, I mean that must have been fantastic. So 
Yeah, you know, Phoenix is a um, a really interesting project mm. where you had Hasso Plattner and his daughter, uh, Tina, with a boat each. And, um, it, you know, there's 45 people in that, in that, at, at the regattas, uh, yeah. for that program. And, um, you know, I mean, there was red, red shirts everywhere. Uh, and it was, uh, it's a quite a challenging environment as a coach, mm-hmm. uh, just, just for the amount of work you have to do. And, and, um, Hasso is, uh, he's, he's a, a leader in, in the, um, in the IT world, yeah. it's very focused on on the, uh, the 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 collection and dissemination of, of data, and uh, uh, you know, so that obviously a lot of data comes off, and and really, my primary job as a coach is is to work with the sailors in sifting through that and 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 coming up with the the thing that's going to make a difference, both in the short term, i.e., for the next day. And for the longer term, through the season of yeah. of of where we need to keep developing and keep improving, uh, so full on big big days. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean you you are challenged every day, and uh, I, I I mean I loved it. I loved mm. uh, I love working in that class, and I I, I love my time with Allegra. Um, in, in that team was great as well. Yeah, I mean it's. Um, it, yeah, let's hope all that gets back on track because mm-hmm. because uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it's 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 basically I think pretty much the best sailing monohull sailing that that is going on at the highest yeah. level, um, uh, and yeah, long may it continue. So fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an interesting year because, and I guess especially for you because momentum is something that's really important when you're coaching as well i mean attention to detail obviously is probably one of the first things but then getting them on a path and sort of training them to respond to your coaching i guess so would you say yeah yeah it it, it is i i guess uh look it's all about really when you when you pair it all back it's mm. it's about improvement mm-hmm. uh and and rate of improvement um, and uh, I, I think uh, a, a, a coach, I, I feel anyway, uh, the, really the role of a coach in sailing, like it's different to, and the way I'm engaged with teams or, or employed by teams, let's say, or, or by individuals, is, um, is, is you, you're quite often you're the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah. It's not like a, a, a football team. Or, or other sports where the coach is, is or the, and the manager, say in English football, um, is, they're, they're the boss. Yeah. They're, they're the first one there and, and they're the ones that form the team underneath them. In this world of, of say, professional sailing, who in general appoints a, um, a, a program kind of manager who in general might be the tactician for the boat, and uh, and that person does a lot of the recruiting and 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 quite often it, it's that last thing of oh you, you know it'd be good to have a coach um, who shall we ask or you know who do you think we should get and and so you come in you don't really have that um, that that kind of um, 
not control. I don't know that that's that important. But but you you come in you you come in to support. You come in to help, yeah. and uh, and and so that's the way I sort of approach it. And and I really think the 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 key thing I tend to think about when making my decisions is how can I help the team get to where they're going faster than if I wasn't here. Yeah. Um, and I let that drive a lot of my decisions on where I spend my time, you know, on a particular day or or in the lead up to an event or just after an event, you know. And you just want to add value, you know, and you, you want to try and make it so that, it, it, you know, you're adding to the environment, um, the learning environment, like, you know, the old John Bertrand um, methodology we were talking about. Um, so you would need to engage with the, your, your, your sailors. At the end of the day, it's a people game. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, you just keep working hard at the technical aspects, making sure you, you, you know what you're talking about. You can deliver the right messages at the right time. And, uh, yeah, and, and again, you know, this, it's experience, experience dealing with people um, and, and drawing on those. I mean, so that hasn't always been easy. You know, there's been the odd... The odd moment um, with with various people over the years, uh, which again, you know, just is not easy at the time. If it was an argument or a, but 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 hey, that that's what shapes us, and and that's and we're all working towards a goal in a competitive environment, um, and uh, and and yeah, but that's 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 kind of the, the an enjoyable aspect of it. Yeah, so true, and. I mean, is, is that what keeps you going as well? I mean, you're sailing at a high level. You're coaching at a high level. Sometimes you're sailing with teams where you're an onboard coach. I've seen that as well, um, especially in the I think, Nick, the thing that keeps me going uh, and the thing that's sort of highlighted in this lockdown, and I think, you know, that you do, I have learned a lot through this period as to, yeah, what is it that motivates you? I mean, it's funny. I, yeah. I've spent. I don't know that I've got time to go back to work and earn a living. You know, Kate <laughs> in the kitchen. Have you got that? Um, um, From because... the dog cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I got time, Nick. It's just yeah. so busy, just just kind of tinkering away here, you know. And I, I, so so basically, I guess we've had the opportunity really to to you know, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Um. It's not like there's nothing to do. There's always something to do, but 100%. but but it's kind of there's nothing you have to do. Yeah, and um, uh, you don't have to go anywhere. So so I've I have just reverted to I've let let my path kind of just meander on where where it, where it, where it wants to go in some ways. Bottom line is I've spent ninety nine percent of my time doing stuff that I would normally do anyway, which is tinkering <laughs> on boats and yeah. getting out and trying to understand boats more, yeah. sail, sailboats, and try to understand more about them and, and get more information on them and, 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 and sort of explode a few myths. And, you know, so I'm really lucky because yeah. I, I actually, I guess that means I, I do what I love doing. You know, yeah. I do for a living what I love doing, what I do anyway, whether mm -hmm. I'm being paid or not. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess what keeps me going to get back to your question is I'm, I really enjoy the, the process of, of helping people build their knowledge mm. about this sport. 
and um, uh, and sharing my knowledge. I, I like that. Yeah. I don't know why, but but I I do. I, I really like that process. You know, over this lockdown period, you know, I, you get a lot of emails uh, from old friends or or, or old clients or what well, doesn't matter who you know. But they come in and I always try and answer them. Um, uh, because yeah, I, I that's I, I like that. I, I I like that people are engaged in our sport. Yeah. Uh, they're engaged enough to want to know more, and and I almost feel a little bit of a duty on behalf of the sport that's been so kind to me uh, to 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 share to share that knowledge. So uh, yeah, I find that motivating. You know, we talk a lot of we've talked a lot here about the big names and the pro teams and so on, but. Some of the most enjoyable jobs I have um, uh, are, are, are just, yeah, I mean, just helping helping people who are who are kind of amateur level sailors, but really good and knowledgeable people in their sphere, um, which I totally respect um, and want to know a bit more about about our sport or my sphere, let's say. Um, and and they're enjoyable jobs, you know. They're, they're or jobs. I mean, they're, 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 it's it's an enjoyable thing to be involved in, um, you know. So, I often say, um, uh, you know, sometimes I'm sort of rambling a bit now, meandering off the path. But in in the pro sailing world, um, some of the biggest challenges are, are that are that maybe you're not. You, you know the people who who you're coaching didn't really have a lot of buy-in to to your appointment, let's say, um, and and so they, they may be questioning of of you know the information you're putting across, mm. um, and that's a challenge, but that's a good challenge. Um, but the 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 easiest jobs are when someone comes to you and says, "I want help," yeah. and and really what that means is they're they're you know they they they've already bought into what you've got to say and it's a pretty easy process you're just you're just helping exactly. you know um and yeah i think it's the same in any industry if you don't need to convince someone that you're a knowledge expert it's a lot easier mm. to to educate them in some way or other but i i get exactly where you're coming from i love talking about sailing i would do it for free in fact i have which is why I have a manager <laughs> to make sure. I oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I've got one too. Exactly. I've got one too, Nick. You just brought the coffee out. Yeah, yeah that's my, my yeah. dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Down the back. Yeah, exactly. probably watching. <laughs> yeah, he's a good yeah. man. Yeah, Fairly good day, Rob. Exactly. But, um, World champion. World yeah, champion. I know. I'm very lucky. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And, and sailing's been so lovely to me, and it's my family. So I'm, I'm very lucky too. And speaking of family, We've had this gem sent through to us from Mark, a, a viewer that's watching. So um, that's you, dog, just oh, sitting there. Uh, maybe I'll try and zoom in on that photo. Oh, I? wow. Oh, gee. <laughs> Is that a classic or what? Hang on, I'll see if I can zoom it in. <laughs> it's gold. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, just hanging out. One from yeah, your Yeah, well, I, I can't quite see the details there yeah, um i'll have I to got send a it feeling that you. might be a 12 foot cadet dinghy sailor in the middle there yeah um uh, uh who, who sailed, we sailed together in um in melbourne back yeah. in the day i'm just looking at it on um, my phone as well there you go look at you there you go <laughs> 
that the uh, it was actually sent through saying I can see the family resemblance between you and Toby. Because look right. at that. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yeah. I had a good head that. for radio back then too, Nick. Oh, but don't you love that? I love getting these little bits of gold. Um, That's cool. When, when we were doing That's this cool. show with Terry, uh, one of my followers sent me a picture of Terry capsized on a laser when he was 16 <laughs> in, in Minnesota, like on, on the sound in Annapolis. Unbelievable. Um, you know, just these little go. gems that you get because everyone is just a normal sailor. It just depends. That's it. I guess. That's it. Lucky there was no one there with a camera that day in Osborne <laughs> Bay when we ran out of fuel for the second time. I know. Yes. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, thanks to those people, those randoms who gave us cheering kids. <laughs> yes, that was <laughs> so funny. Oh, absolutely uh, unbelievable. But yeah, thanks so much, Doug, for sharing your stories and, and your passion, not just on air, but with everyone that you do reply to because... He does take time out. He'll be the busiest person ever getting all the things done and he'll still stop and talk to people and, and help them with their rigging and talk to them at length about spread a position or, gosh, I mean, the amount of time you've sent, uh, spent rather setting up boats and playing with them. When, when can we expect your book? <laughs> you know, um, I, I just did the winter series... Uh... In, well, you know, through the winter in, in Miami yeah. with uh, Peter Duncan and Ben Lamb. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lammy, Lammy and I would arrive a couple of days early, I guess, and get the boat ready and go for a sail and stuff. And Peter would come down from New York and we'd, we'd go and do a, a day or two's practice, then compete. But um, uh, Lammy would, 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 be get, would get pretty frustrated, I guess, at the, <laughs> you know, people who would come up and ask questions and I just couldn't help myself, you know, <laughs> uh, as, as you've seen through this yeah. interview, I don't mind a chat. And, um, <laughs> uh, but, but I guess, I guess Lammy would have a, uh, what would he do? He'd, he'd, yeah. he'd sort of say, uh, oh, he'd, he'd interrupt in a nice way, but there was a little bit yeah. of code there, you know, to sort of say, come on, buddy, <laughs> what are we <laughs> doing? stop talking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it was, it was all good. All, all good fun. But um, what, what was the other? Do you have a question there? I, I forgot. But oh, I, I just said, um, oh, golly, I don't even know what I said. I said, um, when's your book coming out? <laughs> oh, the book. <laughs> the book. <laughs> Tales it's of still Dog. in the writing. It's still, it's still in the writing. Nick. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there's lots of, there's always, there's lots of chapters. I, I, yeah. I do enjoy, as you would have. As you know, I, I do enjoy the stories, and yeah, um, same. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was sitting around with Martin Hill, say at Sailing Etchells a few years ago in San Francisco. Every night would be a story time, oh. and he loved that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's Another super lucky one. to. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, you're a wonderful man, uh, but yeah, so many um, wonderful. Yeah, just that I, I'm blessed, you know, to have the opportunity to have to have been in the situation to be able to meet those people and 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 uh and generate the stories is is cool very very cool and everyone that's watching is like no keep going no keep going but we're not going to keep you any longer because we'll end up just chatting all night and i'll miss dinner so <laughs> but, um... <laughs> you don't want to do that so, yeah, well, that, that, that made it be pretty well cooked by now i think it's well done Aussie style. unfortunately yeah exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but thanks for sharing all your stories. And I guess I, I would usually at the end of an interview, and I've interviewed you before, I would say, what's next? Um, but what I might do actually is because I've got it here on file. Before we go, I'm going to show this interview of your son interviewing you at the end of... Oh, wow. Yeah. You... um. He actually interviewed a few people for me because I was doing my first round the island yeah. race with the Admiral. Right. Shout That's out right. to the Admiral. And so yes. Toby said, I'll Andrew. interview. Yep. Yeah, I could do the doc interviews for you. So off he went. Um, so I thought I'd just show this little video because Toby, who we just had on the screen, who's... <laughs> Is he taller than you, dog? Uh, he's getting up there. He's yeah. He's sort of six three, I guess, around that mark. Not quite as tall as me, but yeah. yeah, a, yeah. So I thought I'd show this little one and a great event that didn't get to happen this year as well. The round the island race, uh, round the island race for the Isle of Wight. Let's have a little bit of a look. It's 2016, I think. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Just finished the JP Morgan Asset Management Round the Highland Race. I'm a little bit fatigued. Had to put on lots of makeup to make sure I look good. Either that or the brand new camera, this is the first time it's been used, is, is taking good footage, which is absolutely awesome. Now, while I was out sailing, my trusty assistant, Toby Powerfree, was on the ground to make sure he got plenty of interviews with the Fado team, who absolutely smashed the record by over 22 minutes. They did it in two hours. 23 minutes and 23 seconds. Absolutely awesome work to Fado 03 and congrats to all on board. Such an iconic race and the weather and the conditions were just absolutely incredible. A big thanks to Kharkik Design Partners for these fantastic drone images. But I think this might be enough from me. We should cut straight over to the interviews with Toby Powfrey from Fado right when they docked after breaking their round the island record. So Fraser, how do you think the race went today? We had a great race. We came off the start line well. We had uh, um, concise above us and uh, they stayed above us for the whole way out to the island shore. And our first tag, we advanced on them and, and, uh, and got a hit of them. And that was what, what do you think Paul Larson will think of this? <laughs> Paul Larson? Well, he's not the fastest person around the island, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> how does it feel to win over concise? Feels great. The, um, the, uh, the the duel between these boats has been never ending. There's a lot of rivalry between the boats, and but the uh, this particular round the island race for you know, to to have the Isle of Wight record is fantastic. Do you think Lloyd will be happy with your win? Lloyd's pretty happy with himself, yeah. and pretty happy with the boat and all the guys. Yeah. Cheers. So Henry, how do you think this went today? Figaro? It's incomparable basically. Um, I think Figaro would take about eight hours to get around today and we went around in just over two so. And a uh, question from the old man is um, I heard there's a rumour that you forgot to turn the GoPros on. Uh, I might have. Someone on board forgot to turn the GoPros on and there was no on board footage. Yeah, it might have been me. Do you think Lloyd will be happy with this win? 
Oh yeah, no, I think so. It was a big one for him. He's never done the race before, and obviously it's one of the biggest races in the calendar and around the world. So to win it in, on his first attempt and to uh, to get the course record is pretty awesome. So I think it's you got one bit of GoPro work for today. <laughs> Beating concise, good, especially for last. <laughs> well, concise are a good team. It was nice to finish on top of them today. There's a big rivalry between these guys, and, and uh, but a lot of respect. As Paul well. Larson's going to be spewing tonight <laughs> that you beat them. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of respect between the two teams, Toad. And that was uh, these guys are very happy to finish on top today. Cheers. Okay, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. I, I love the way he's he's fishing for the big comment about Paul Larson. Um, you know, Paul's a family friend. Uh, he, he's uh, another great. You know, he's 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 a, a, a obviously very very driven man, but just a yeah. wonderful guy as well. And we, we've spent time over the years riding up mountains in the French Alps and stuff together, and and you know, building a bond. And he's a good family friend and stuff. I just love the way Toby was digging for some for some, for some dirt there with uh, Fraser and, and myself. So, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's his voice. He's he's changed, doesn't he? But it's it? cool, you know. Just looking through that too. Like I was out with uh, Henry Bombi last week with yeah. Shirley Robertson. Yeah. Here on the Solent as they're they're sort of in the first first phase of an Olympic campaign for the Paris Games in the double handed event offshore, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean you know like we say there's all these experiences, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One, one funny segue to to that race was that I did get the call up the night before from Brian Thompson, another friend from Cows. Yeah, Toby, <laughs> and um, and uh, I I I sort of said. Brian, I just I just got back from overseas like that day actually, and I was with Tobes. I went over his cows in the rib, yeah. and uh, Brian asked if I could do it. They were, they were a set of hands short, mm-hmm. and uh, it was going to be a windy forecast. And I said, mate, I I don't I don't think I could do it. Like I've got to be yeah. umpiring at the cricket on on tomorrow. You know, I'm I'm like square leg umpire at the school cricket. Uh, and Brian sort of said, uh, well, well, what what time's that? And I, and I said, oh, look, I think I've got to be there at 11. And he just laughed and said, oh, we're going to be back at like 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be done. And, and we were. It was, I remember it was, you ringing uh, me. You amazing. rang me and you said, I've made it. I'm at cricket. I'm done. And I went, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm at the needles. <laughs> one, of the, one of the most surreal parts about that whole yeah. experience, uh, you know, apart from just jumping on with an incredible team and, and ripping yeah. around the island at pace, was that for me, 
uh, the wind really increased and mm. it backed. It went from a nor'wester to a sou'wester, which basically meant where we'd ripped up the East Solent back to the finish line at the squadron in basically one tack, um, all the smaller boats uh, were having to go upwind. Um, yeah. And the wind had increased from about 20 knots when we yeah. when we were there to about 35 to 40 knots. And um, so here I am at square leg, <laughs> you know, um, at ride school, looking over the eastern Solent and watching these hundreds of of 30 footers and 25 footers, you know, broaching, going upwind and thinking, oh, I actually did that race. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. We, um, we didn't yeah, fly our funny. spinnaker. We didn't fly our spinnaker. It was that windy and actually won our class, which was, I mean, the Admiral just knew. He's like, we're not even putting a spinnaker up. If we don't broach, we're going to win. <laughs> I went, okay, yeah. cool. I'm going to go downstairs yeah. and have a sleep. I slept the whole way down the back end. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I haven't done too much in boats of that kind. I mean, obviously yeah. I worked as a coach with Artemis with the AC-72, but yeah. um, to be on board um, yeah. and, and to be around people like like um, Brian Thompson and, yeah. and, and Fraser, um, who was there, and, and Henry, and, you know, um, was pretty amazing, just mm. ripping downwind, touching... 40 but a lot of time doing 35 knots yeah. uh and and i mean obviously it's a it's an assault on your senses with mm. the, the wind and uh the wind in my hair you know and um the 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 sounds and the sensations you know the inertia of this boat jerking around um uh but how calm those guys were uh, it's just another day at the office and yeah. and how composed they were and the and the level of clear communication it was yeah it was fantastic Unbelievable. Um, didn't you almost lose it at the needles we yeah we question. did yep there, question, yeah. there's a well the, the the iconic image i think that i yeah. still see up in shops in cows uh, photos was took that one yeah. yeah from a chopper i think yeah, yeah was was um us at about uh i i think brian might have measured it we were about you know 42 degrees of heel angle and and a thing capsizes at about 46 degrees or something so yeah. uh <laughs> had a little moment but yeah, yeah no it was was uh was all yeah it was was all good oh that's unbelievable the um the boat oh, oh. i just oh. giggled fado around the island the first thing that came up was my video i was just gonna look There's for that me. picture uh, here it is <laughs> who's that kid it. with a squeaky voice <laughs> yeah i know hang on I'm, I'm gonna get that image for you and pop it up but um yeah, I guess it's just crazy as well. When he, Toby was doing his amazing interview, you could hear how, how windy it was. But with Fado, I've now sailed on it as Bo Jest. And I'm just shocked at how oh. much the thing flexes. It's... Yeah. Like, it bends. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All part of the prepared. plan, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> All part of the plan. Oh, no, it's true. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a structure. And, and, um, and yeah, something's got to give somewhere and you'd rather it do that then yeah then absolutely. uh you know stuff break yeah nothing nothing can break please mm. nothing break it's absolutely frightful i'll just mm. bring this photo up on screen so uh where are we gosh this is hard to navigate i'm just going to bring the photo up and then we'll come back but this is that image 
Unbelievable as they're just about to come around. The needles there. Just a little bit. So I was... uh... (laughs) I was on the high side. I was kind of lying down on the trampoline, um, wow. I guess, with my head looking out to sea sort of thing. And yeah. and um, I was coming back to help with the hoist of the of, uh, uh, downwind sail, uh, the furled downwind sail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and it was – and Brian kind of appeared from nowhere and, and hit, hit the mainsail yeah. dump valve um, and the boat settled down. But it, it was um, – yeah, it was a bit of a moment, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, weren't yeah, you, um, yeah, but it, the that's guys an amazing image. And yeah, they were still trimming the main instead of the. Yeah, a little bit of a yeah. Everyone, everyone just relaxed a little, Tobes. Yeah, we we were we were leading by a long way at that point. It'd been a really good battle with Concise, but everyone everyone just relaxed a little at that point. Like the like sort of the job was kind of not done. Obviously, we still had three quarters of the race to go, but. To that point, we'd done a, a, a good job and, and uh, yep, yeah, it, it's just that I guess, you know, the guys were grinding up this downwind sail, but they were still into the mainsail uh, hydraulic um, ram. Yep. And so as, as as Lloyd was sort of bearing, starting to bear away and press on the, on, on the sails a little more to go around the needles, uh, the main sheet was actually coming on. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, as I said, you know, Brian, you know, got sort of, like Superman just appeared from nowhere and hit that valve and the thing settled down and, and it was fine. like, oh, okay, all right, off Golly. we go. Yeah. So, yeah. so cool. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Dog, for your time and, um, and, and your stories. It's been so great to have you on and, and thanks to Kate for the uh, refreshments and <laughs> for supporting you to talk for so long. We really enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm concerned about the Barbie. Um, yeah. You guys, I it am. Smells like it's a sort fire. of weighing. <laughs> it's weighing, weighing on my mind a bit. There's, uh, you know, feels probably feels like the meat's been resting long enough. So you guys yeah. better get into that. Hey Nick, yeah. a pleasure again. Oh, you, you know, great job. Um, and T as well down the bottom yeah. there. Not Toby, but Tiana. I know we've got two um, T's. That's <laughs> it. Two done. double T. Um, <laughs> Anyway, again, you know, I said it before, but uh, a wonderful job for the sport um, in promoting Thanks, it. You've created something from, from you know, let's face it, you've created a, hu- a huge thing from nothing over the years and you, your dedication to it and the energy and passion, um, you know. So, um, yeah, great great job. Long may it continue and, and thank you. Thank you so much, Dog, and, and for your service to sailing as well. Next week, we're not who, not sure who we're going to have yet, but we have Big Fella and Kay Cotty coming up in the next few weeks, everybody. Oh. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to keep you posted on which one's which. But next week and the week after, sure to be fantastic. But thank you so much for giving season two a massive episode one. Dog, it's been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see everybody next time. Thank you so much, Dog. Thank you, T. Thanks to everybody for your lovely comments as well. And um, we'll see you all soon. Stay safe.